0: Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for
1: sure at this point in the season.
0: Early leans, best bets,
1: props, parlays, if you can bet it, We've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers,
0: they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go.
2: I think they're gonna have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed.
0: And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallach. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the
1: most
2: important thing? breakfast. Family. I thought you meant of the things you need. What's happening, people? Bed and Breakfast is live on a Thursday. We got the Thursday crew back for our first show together in the new year. Donovan Snoot, Ian McMillan, Ben Heisler, the gang is all here. Happy New Year to you guys. I don't know if you're You're big fans of curb your enthusiasm, but but Larry David has a a rule where a couple days here and there—that's sort of the maximum you can say Happy New Year. I feel like here on the fifth of January, this might be like our last day. Maybe you get to Friday, first end. It's the sixth, isn't it? Yeah. Is that what it is? You got to make it all the way to the sixth to be able to say. No, today's the
1: sixth.
2: Oh, today's the sixth. Oh well, we're off to a rip roaring start. Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna give it to the end of the week. I'm gonna give it to the end of Friday. (laughs) For, for Happy New Year's, because you might see a colleague have an opportunity to talk. But regardless, wishing all of you guys a Happy New Year. Uh, Ian, I know your, your New Year didn't start particularly well, but uh, as we joked in our early morning brainstorm over at Bedside, uh, for someone that's uh, dealing with the feeling that's a little bit under the weather, uh, looking like you're, you're doing a little bit better today.
0: Yeah because I think it's mostly the last 2 days or like the last 48 hours I've probably slept for 35 of them so I'm I'm very well rested at this point. Uh yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling not too bad. Obviously you got covid if you saw that on Twitter. Going to a New Year's Eve party in New York City probably wasn't the smartest idea. Um but yeah, here I am. I'm I'm well rested. I've done almost nothing but sleep the last 2 days, but I woke up uh, this morning feeling much better. So I'm ready to go.
2: Now, and now you have a piano next to you as well. Maybe you can can spend some time Works working and, and learning a new skill. Um, so yeah, glad to hear that you're feeling better. Glad to hear that all is well. And Donovan, you you informed us that you were also in New York. You you currently live in in the in the Houston area. Yeah, you just I, informed I, us I that you in were in New York during New Year's, and, and none of us knew about it. What gives?
1: No, I, I again, I was very clear. I had said that I was going to be in the city a long time ago i feel like i've mentioned it multiple times you mentioned then, it
0: in september and then just didn't bring it up again no
1: it wasn't in september it was still it was i i know that i said it at least before i left um like at least twice but at the, <laughs> that graphic is very true i do assume <laughs> that people remember things um but but yeah i was in the city i went up to see some family um had a cool you know new year's eve not actually i'm lying it wasn't cool i went to go see the ball drop and (laughs) it that that was a it was a mistake i did it so i guess like hey it's off my list but it's it was it's an awful experience and if you think that you know you want to do it don't do it
0: yeah on the bright side donovan you you came to new york city went to a big event and somehow didn't get covid so congratulations to you because it seems like everyone in the city has
1: it i'm i'm not lying i've been running this thing out for like two years and I still haven't uh, like gotten it, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, listen, I'm him. I'm, I'm him. <laughs>
0: that's, that's how I felt before uh, two days ago.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm that guy. Listen, I'm that guy. I,
2: I, I think even though you couldn't pay me to go to the New Year's Eve ball drop in the middle of New York City in Times Square, even without the coronavirus, I, I, I think the fact that you went, you, you took one for the team, uh, says a lot about uh, your character. I'm a stand-up guy,
1: man. That's there, right. I'm a stand-up guy. There's a I, lot I of I think people... everybody should know this. I'm solid. You know, like if you, if you, I'm a I'm a die type of dude. And so, if you, if you ever need anything, know that I'm here for you. I got you.
2: That's right. But the, the good news is that, in theory, and and anybody who's, who's in a relationship also knows that this is not exactly how it works. But you know, you 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 take one for the team. You get some brownie points, and then in theory, you can go ahead and suggest a place to go and then your significant other has to be on board with it. Well, I, I went to the New Year's Eve ball drop. I, I wanted to do this and share this experience with you. Do, do you think you're going to be able to, to get something in return for an event that you want to go to or a concert or a comedy event or whatever it ends up being down the road? Do, do you think there will be a reciprocational
1: process? I mean, we'll we'll see, you know, and just just because uh, you know, There's just because I'm the stand-up guy that I am, that was never in the back of my mind, you know. I was just doing <laughs> it. I was just doing it as a favor. It was trying to be a selfless act, you know. I don't I don't do things, uh, sure. you know. I I don't do nice things to try to receive them back. So we'll see if I could play it out like that. But if not, it's okay because I did it out of the goodness of my heart, you know. She must be watching this, eh? Her? No, Is that she's what's going not. on. She's not. She's, <laughs> not. she's actually asleep.
0: I see what's going on. She's yeah.
2: behind the camera right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, I would play this back on repeat.
1: The cue cards ahead of me, I gotta read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I,
2: I, I, think that's the way to go. And listen, yeah. the, the fact that you braved it out and still somehow was able to return you know, fully, fully unscathed is uh, impressive uh, in, in this regard as well. Uh, we got plenty going on, on on the program today as we kick things off here on a Thursday. Uh, Ian and Donman are gonna give their college national championship picks ahead of Georgia and Alabama with that game, of course, on Monday night. So you'll get those from those two. Uh, myself, I will give my play along with Reed and Peter on Monday's show. We'll also go over our plays and fades of the week, final regular season week in the NFL here in week 18. And then, of course, our best bets here on Thursday night. So I don't know if you guys were a little bit surprised by this. And for anybody that's interested, you can go to, to BetSided. Um, and check out the article that I wrote this morning about Nick Saban in rematch games. I was going through some of the numbers over the course of his career. Did you guys know that Nick Saban has never lost a rematch as a college coach in the same year? Never lost. Did it at LSU, did it during his time at Alabama. Um, But the Sharps tend to disagree, and this line opened at Winbet with Georgia minus two and a half, despite Alabama thumping them in the SEC championship game. And the line is now back to three. It's moved up about a half a point since with a little bit of sharp movement there. Curious to get your guys' thoughts on this game, on this matchup. Total right now, I believe, is sitting at 52 and a half. Uh, where are you going with this game? Ian, I'll start with you.
0: Yeah, you know what, I I want to go with Georgia, because I do think they are the better football team, and I am that underreact guy, and I really try not to put too much stock into one game, because just weird things happen in one game, I mean, it, it, things change in different games, but what I think is probably the best bet, which is the one I'm going to go with, is the under, under 52, Uh Because kind of the outlier in that first game was Georgia's defense. This is obviously the best defensive unit in the country. Uh, 9.8 opponent points per game. So they're keeping teams to single digits. So I think that first game, the amount of points Alabama was was able to score was kind of the outlier. Alabama could still win this game. uh, But I think it's going to be much more of a low-scoring affair. So as far as the spread, I would lean Georgia. uh, But I think I like the under quite a bit more. So I'm going to go under 52. But that's... It's not a fun bet to root for in a national championship game. I recognize that, but I think it's the best bet to make.
2: Yeah. The over actually hit, and, and shout out to uh, Brian Jeffra for, for noticing this, uh, the over hit in the first six years of the college football playoff in the championship game, and then it was the under, or maybe I'm sorry, the under hit in the first year, and then it's been six consecutive overs since, so at some point, the under is is likely due again and again. You're talking about a Georgia defense that, up until that final SEC championship game, had been among the best, not just in the country this year, but uh, all time defenses. So, yeah, uh, I, I like that play as well. What about you, Donovan?
1: I listen. I I, I respect Ian for that. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, though. I, I I do. I think I think Alabama comes out on top as well. Um, I. I don't know. It's just seeing seeing Alabama do that to Georgia, and seeing Bryce Young have the performance that he had in the SEC championship game. For me personally, that was that was the little piece of like validation that I needed to to fully roll with with Alabama, right? Because because there's, there's been spots in season where they haven't looked like the dominant Crimson Tide that we've come you know that, that we've known, and they haven't you know Georgia's by far look like the best team in the country all year long. And you saw what, what they're able to do and just come in and say, I mean, that's cute what you guys have done for the last, you know, what was it, three months, 13 weeks or whatever, but we're Alabama. And we're just going to impose our will on you. And I think, I think in, in this type of game, especially with the history of the national championship game, that was what three years ago, I think at this point, I think you throw out, a lot of a lot of the stats, a lot of the numbers, both of these offenses are are great. George's defense is fantastic. but I'd, I have to take Nick Saban in this in this spot. And so I'm I like the fact that Alabama's an underdog too because that's gonna give him his you know quote unquote bulletin board material. And so I'll take Bama to win.
2: What do you
0: yeah, do and, with- oh, go ahead, Ian. Sorry, I was just going to say, and to your point as well, I mean, this is the Georgia's cursed against this Alabama team. Yeah. Uh, what, they've lost six straights, seven straights, something like that against this Alabama team. And isn't this like the exact same situation it was? What year was it, 2016, 17, 18? I feel like wasn't there a I year think. where it was the same thing? Georgia played against Alabama in the SEC championship I think and it was the 2018 national 2018. championship. Yeah, it was somewhere United. in that range. It's just Georgia can't beat Alabama. They're cursed against them. So, uh, yeah, I see that point as well. It's tough to bet against Nick Saban.
2: Uh, Joseph Wang in on uh, the YouTube stream says that he loves the under as well. Of course, young, yes, A-Born Joseph in as well. So Just already A-Born. got, some already got some love on that side. I, to me, I at the thing that I cannot figure out um, because I, I understand that, you know, once you, once the number's at two and a half, it makes sense to to get a little bit of that initial push um, from, from sharps that like that line, especially if they think that George is going to cover there, but I, there's going to be a ton of public money on Alabama right? Like we Possibly. haven't gotten the initial splits yet from, from WinBet, and we probably won't until Monday, but knowing what we know about public betters that know that Alabama beat them up in the champion, in the sec championship game, knowing that Bryce young is the Heisman trophy winner. I, it, you would have to think that they're going to see more movement and some money coming in from the public, on the Bama side, right? Like it, I'm just surprised that odds makers like this Georgia team that much, especially after we saw them in a head to head game. To me, that's a, a bit surprising. No, yeah. I mean, odd, odd
0: odds makers are, are, yeah, odds makers are going to, they're, they're going to side with the sharps. And, and, and like you said, the sharps are kind of on Georgia. So they're going to, they're going to kind of stick their flag in the ground and, and go with the side of the sharps. But, yeah, leading up, especially on Monday, I wouldn't be surprised if that line does move back a little bit because I mean, like you said, we're probably going to see a ton of public money coming on Alabama as underdogs. It just makes it makes too much sense.
2: No doubt. So, anybody that's looking to get on the the Alabama side, you probably want to get on it now. Uh, versus on the Georgia side, if you think there's a possibility that that some public money is going to push it in the other direction, maybe hold off unless some more sharp money starts to come in on Georgia. Uh, and then in that case, the Sharps know something that we don't. So a fascinating game for all of us to continue to keep our eyes on. You got the plays from Donovan and from Ian. You'll get our plays from myself, Peter, and Reed coming up on the show on Monday. Let's uh, let's dive into uh, our final play and fade of the NFL regular season, guys. we got uh, a handful of games that we're keeping an eye on. Uh, each of us has our favorite play of the week. We also have the game that we are going to completely stay away from. Uh, and Donovan's going to kick us off with uh, the first game of the slate here in Week 18 with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. Who do you like?
1: Yeah, the Chiefs are going to blow the Broncos out the water. Uh, like they're they <laughs> they're, they're a 10 point favorite. This this game, it's it's first of all, it's already weird because it's at 3 30 on a Saturday, and that's just like unnecessary. But the, the Chiefs offense is, is one of it's a top five offense. We all know how explosive they are. They're they are the best team in the league on third down, which is insanely critical, especially against a really good defense like Denver. If you can stay on the field, you can you can push them into that red zone. That's gonna be great. The Broncos offense is not gonna be able to to keep up with them. If Drew Locke is, is that quarterback, you know how you know how it's gonna go. And so I think this week still still having a chance to play for the number one seed, um, not having to play Jamar Chase is going to be a, a really big boost for the Chiefs defense. Um, you know they've won four straight divisional games since dropping that that game to the Chargers, so I think that they end the season strong. They make that final push and they get back on track after um, after that Cincinnati loss. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the Chiefs minus ten. My fate of the week, the one that I'm gonna stay away from. Uh, I'm staying away from the Saints minus four. I don't, I don't trust the Saints on anything over a field goal. Uh, their last three games, they've combined to score 30 points in three weeks. Right, they're averaging 10 points a game. This offense is not good. The defense is carrying them, and I, I know that the Falcons are bottom five offense, but they, they beat the Saints earlier this year. Right, it was a shootout, and it's it's this division rivalry and they have a chance to play spoiler and keep the saints out of the playoffs. I really think that, that this game is going to be closer than, you know, than four points. I I don't trust Taysom Hill as, as the quarterback here.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an intriguing game. Uh, You know, I would imagine you probably have some thoughts on it as a Falcons fan, as far as your play Donovan on Kansas city, last time the Broncos beat Kansas city, in Denver, you have to go all the way back to September of 2014. It's been a long time wow. where the Chiefs have had their number, yeah. really since Andy Reid came along in the 2013 season. After that first year, it had a little bit more of a back and forth, but he's been so dominant against the AFC West. Uh, and it's crazy, too, considering that all those years that, that Denver was really competitive, they really had Kansas City's number. It's completely been flipped on its head. What about for you, Ian? Who are the games that uh, you like? Which are the ones that you're staying away from this week?
0: Yeah, just really quick about Donovan's play there as well. Donovan, you mentioned something, and it's something I've been talking about a lot recently, is the Chiefs' third down conversion rate. They're like, I think it's around 5% better at converting third downs than any other team in the NFL. That's huge. Staying on the field, being able to get first downs, that's going to turn into points a lot. So uh, that's a statistic that I've been kind of looking at quite a bit for the Chiefs and to kind of, one to kind of keep in mind moving forward. But for my best bet... I'm gonna die on the hill of the Raiders. I've been talking about them all season. I have them 80 to one to win the Super Bowl a few weeks back. Oh, no. I need them.
2: I need He's them to get to the playoffs.
0: Like I'm gonna die on this hill. I mean, they're getting three points uh, Sunday night in the final game, which should be a great game against the Chargers. Here, Chargers are a flashier team, obviously. I think they're probably going to be the public team in this play, especially because they kind of destroyed the Raiders in their their matchup earlier this season. But the thing about the Chargers that concerns me quite a bit is their defense. Their defense trending in the complete wrong direction. 24th in opponent yards per play. They're giving up 6.7 yards per play over their last three games. That's the second worst mark in the NFL over that stretch. They're Also, we were just talking about third down conversion rate. Dead last in third down defense. Uh, no team giving up a uh, uh, higher rate of third down conversions than the Chargers. Um, close to a close divisional game, playoffs on the line. The home team is getting three points. I'm going to back the Raiders. I'm going to I'm gonna die on the hill of the Raiders one way or the other, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the game that I'm fading is going to be the Bucs against the Panthers. Who knows what's going on with the Bucs right now, dealing with a ton of injuries, dealing with this whole Antonio Brown issue. Who knows what that locker room's feeling like right now, ending in the last week of the season. Who knows really how much they really need to win this game. Obviously, they can improve their seating a little bit, uh, but not a ton, so... Uh, the spread's just uh, one point over that magic number of a touchdown, and don't forget, even though uh, how bad of a team the Panthers is, still have one of the best pass defenses in uh, in the NFL. So they're probably going to be able to do at least some kind of damage against Tom Brady without really any of his weapons offensively. So uh, that game would be the stay away for me this week.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting point, and also. Our buddy Reed checking in. Uh, you and uh, you and him, Ian, are, are on the same Love way. Reed, it. of course, couldn't, couldn't wait till, till Monday to go ahead and get some of these takes off. So I uh, wanted to make sure <laughs> that he, he jumped on and breakfast for today. Uh, also big on the, the home dog for this week. Uh, little, little woof woof the course of the week had an end from Raid certainly agree with that play and intrigued by it as well. Um, I, I feel like for, for my play this week, I, I feel like you gotta go big in week 18. Um, yeah. I wrote a story over at bet about double digit underdogs, um, how they've actually been decent, better than most people would think against the spread, but they only have 12 wins straight up since 1985. So if you're looking to go ahead and, and maybe parlay, a lot of those big favorites this week this might be the week to go ahead and do so but the, the game and underdog that i really like this week uh is the san francisco 49ers they're plus four right now over at WinBet, plus 170 on the money line and uh, I, I don't think i'm gonna just sprinkle on the money line this week i, I think that's going to be my bet kyle shanahan always in a spot where he's really dominant as an underdog he's gone 24 17 0 against the spread um and he's dominated sean mcveigh too uh wrote about this as well over on the site He's six and three against the spread head to head against McVay. He's also won their last five games against each other. Um, still not sure as whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play for San Francisco or not. It could be Trey Lance. I don't think it really matters because I think the 49ers are still going to dictate their offense by running the ball efficiently and trying to make sure that they, they get a lot of other guys involved, try to keep the, uh, the Rams offense off the field. Um, And even though this this number actually opened up at five for the Rams and since moved down to four, uh, to me, I I just feel like this is a live team that needs a win to get into the postseason. Rams can still jockey for positioning a little bit, but they're also a team that I actually like more so in the postseason compared to the regular season because they can beat you in a wide variety of ways. They can become a a heavy running team, especially getting Cam Akers back. They can pass the ball downfield. I I think it really is irrelevant as to whether or not they're uh, playing at home Uh, as the two seed or maybe they move down a little bit further i think san francisco is the more desperate team Uh, i think they're going to have a game plan that's set up for success And the history indicates uh that kyle shanahan is in a really solid spot here especially to be able to be a live dog as for the game that i'm fading have you guys been following the story about what's happening in in jacksonville this week they're hosting the Indianapolis colts they're 15 point dogs at home and thousands of Jacksonville Jaguar fans are oh, yeah. showing up wearing clown costumes <laughs> to protest Shad Khan, uh, keeping the, Trent Balke, the general manager around. I don't know whether or not the clown effect is going to motivate the Jacksonville players to be a little bit better. The Colts haven't won in Jacksonville in about six years. Crazy as it sounds, they just have had issues playing in that stadium. Um. I'm certainly not going to back Jacksonville, and I don't feel like I really want to back the Colts' 15-point favorites either. So this feels like a complete and total stay away for me. I have a feeling, a little inkling, that the clown effect is actually going to be helpful for Jacksonville, and I, I think they might surprise a little bit. They're not going to win, but they might cover, but still a game that based on other the fact that, that people are going to be dressing up for this game, I, I really have no strong play either way. Ian, I, I know you bet every game. Do you have a lean on this one?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Jaguars. I mean, two touchdowns, too many points. I'm not I'm not a believer in the Colts. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, excuse my COVID brain if this is wrong, but I think the Jaguars are like 10-1-1 one one, or 11-1-1 one one against the spread in their last like 11 or 12 games against the Colts. So uh, I'll ride
2: that trend. Yeah, especially considering the fact that a lot of those games have come in Jacksonville and the Colts haven't won there in several years. So, so the, the numbers and the logic would, would make sense. Uh, let's dive into best bets for today. We got plenty on the slate. Uh, a lot of interesting matchups that we can dive into for today. Um, so let's uh, let's start things off uh, with you, Donovan. You're looking at the NBA tonight. Who do you like?
1: I like the Warriors minus two and a half versus the Pelicans. So Steph got hurt last night. Um, he has a he has a, a quad contusion, um, and and Steve Curry was saying that you know those things usually get worse overnight, and with travel and flying, that it looks like he's not going to play tonight. Um, so that's why this line is is down this low, but. I, I still think that the Warriors are gonna are gonna be just fine. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are still there. They also had bagging. the whole team just had a bad night last night against um against Dallas. And so I think that this is a really good spot for them to bounce back. They are you know the Warriors they've played only two games without Steph this year, and they're they're one and one. Um this line actually opened up at minus three, they're down to, to minus two and a half, which makes you know, I'm I'm really excited about that. I think what I think what really is going to happen tonight is that you're going to see Draymond run full point guard. And a lot of times it's like a two-man game with him and Steph, or you know, if Steph is off, then Draymond can come and do it and you know, do that for a couple of minutes. He's going to be the point guard tonight. I think the offense is still going to run pretty smoothly. Um, you've seen in, in a lot of moments this year that the Warriors system, as long as they have one of those two guys in either Steph or Draymond, they still know how to play basketball the way that they want to. And so I think even on the road against a Pelicans team that isn't that good, um, they've been playing better as, as of late, but they're still 100%. not, you know, they're still not not great. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Warriors minus two and a half.
2: Yeah. And actually that line has even moved a, a half a point in your direction Don and the Warriors are now minus two uh, as it. of just a, a couple yeah, seconds that. ago over a win bet, so even more incentive to jump on, especially if you think the Warriors, uh, knowing the type of brand of basketball that they play, can be able to go ahead and cover those just a couple points on the road. Uh, Ian, you're looking at college basketball, Big Ten slate tonight. Who do you like?
0: Yeah, I'll keep this one short and sweet. Going to go Illinois minus 11 against Maryland tonight, some Big Ten action. Uh, First point, big shooting advantage for Illinois, 12th in the country, an effective field goal percentage, Maryland all the way down at 241st. Uh, the big weakness for illinois is that they're after, they've actually not done a good job holding onto the ball there are 200 uh somewhere around like 200 240- 40th, 250th in turnovers per possession. Uh, but they're facing a Maryland team that, that, that's not good at forcing turnovers. Maryland's 304th in opponent turnovers per possession. So uh, if they can play a team that doesn't really force turnovers, then they're going to be all right. If they play a team that's really good at forcing turnovers, that steals quite often, that's where Illinois is going to run into issues. Uh, and then my last point, Illinois has been fantastic at home, plus 24.4 uh, average scoring margin at home. Plus six and a half on the road, so massive difference, almost twenty point difference there, home and away split. So I love Illinois minus eleven against Maryland tonight.
2: Yeah, and Maryland got off to a fast start in their game against Iowa earlier this week. Ended up just barely covering the spread on the road there. Good opportunity to go ahead and go against them as well tonight. Uh, for me, I'm I'm putting on my Ian McMillan hat and doing a little bit of golf. Uh, really like these love odds it. over. I really like these odds over at WinBet for the Century Tournament of Champions today. Um, and I think one that uh, was a bit surprising considering it's only a 38 person field um, with Cameron out due to COVID over at the century tournament of champions over in Hawaii uh, is and Xander Shoffley last three years over at uh, Kapalua ta- top five, top two, first place knows that course extremely well. He's always in contention um, going back over his last 24 rounds over uh, via fantasy national uh, Shoffley is top three. As far as strokes gained and approach uh he's top nine and ball striking as well top 10 strokes gained t to green uh, this is just a dude that in a in a small field is going to hang around and the fact that you can get him pretty much at, at even money odds minus 110 uh feels like it's just set up for him I, I don't i'm not betting on him to win the event outright. i feel like top 10 makes a lot more sense uh because i've seen issues with shoffley being able to close out matches in his past um but this just feels like a good opportunity to know that this is someone that's going to be hanging around in contention throughout the course of the week. You can get him at fairly solid odds over at WinBet, and again, it's only a field of 38 golfers, so you're really only asking him to finish in the top 10 amongst those 38. So Xander Shoffley over at Kapalua, top 10 uh, is going to be the play for me here on a Thursday, and that is our show, guys. Thank you so much for hopping on and joining us here on Bet and Breakfast today. Always appreciate you making time for us. Last time we can say it, happy new year to all of you. And glad to hear that uh, everybody is is off and and doing well here in the start of 22. So for my guys, Ian Donovan, I am Ben. We will talk to you guys on Monday, the national championship edition of Bet and Breakfast. Until then, we'll see you guys soon.